So hi, Wumping Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Chris from Berry Tomorrow. And we're How are some you questions today about their upcoming <laughs> album, The Seventh Sun. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we released uh, anything new. I guess the world shut down for a little while. Yeah. Um, and everything changed for a lot of people. Uh, Berry Tomorrow was no exception there. But um, yeah, it felt like we got, thankfully we got to test the waters a little with the couple of singles we released before um, Abandon Us, the first single from this record. And uh, I think some people assume that Life and Death are going to be on the, the album, but, you know, unfortunately that's not the case. But it actually worked out pretty well. Um, you know, we got to see what people were vibing about those two tracks before. Well, to be honest, it was a bit late. They were recorded anyway, but regardless, we got to see the reaction. So we weren't as worried about releasing uh, songs from the seventh sun but um yeah i mean it's um it's just bizarre um to release new music again i completely forgot what it felt like but um just overwhelmed with gratitude really um i don't think we could ask for much else that's fucking awesome the album is awesome bolt cutter is still a fucking ripper even after listening to the entire record it's <laughs> it's still fucking awesome <laughs> So that's is that your favorite? I think so. Right now, I only listened to the album once, so I, I got to give it a few more spins. But that that's mm. been the standout like single for me as well. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I'm pretty much the only few friends I have shown have been like they've all got a different favorite song, so it's uh, it's cool. But I guess we all listen to music in different ways. So for yeah. sure, absolutely. Uh, so, is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Yeah. So essentially. We were batting around um, a couple of ideas and we just wrote uh, the record under the the name Seven, pretty much just because it's our seventh album. But also we were, it was just coincidental that we felt like there was a lot of change around our band whilst we were, you know, recording and writing our seventh album or what would become the Seventh Son. Um, seven as a number has got, you know, some sort of mystic vibe to it. I mean, it's a number of renewal, there's seven days in a week, there's seven hells, you know, it's just, the number seven essentially is just, there's a bit of a cycle, but it's also quite um, representative of change and renewal. And we've, we very much felt like that was the case with us. So we just, um, we decided on the seventh sun. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's very representative of the change that Barry Tomorrow's felt, but also society as a whole. You know, we've all gone through such big changes in our lives and felt that the number seven coincided with the fact that we wanted to change the music style. We had a new lineup, you know, we everything's changed for us. So, yeah, we thought, and, you know, the Seven Sons a very positive way to uh, highlight that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Mm, it was cool because, I mean, usually it's uh, it's all kind of just been myself that's written every record prior to this. Um, I guess primarily anyway, it's always a collective effort, but they all just start with me and I write all the riffs and so on. But this time I actually had people to bat riffs off, which was uh, a quite first for me, but it, it meant that we had like three times the amount of demos. And um, so, yeah, I think that was a big thing. Just um, this this record in particular felt a much more collaborative effort we were all just really inspired and it just felt like six, you know, six mates who enjoy writing metal music again, just being, being completely immersed and inspired. Um, so yeah, I think that the writing process was not necessarily different because I kind of still write the same, but I, 
I felt that we could all be inspired way more by the things that we we like as away from the metal sphere of things. So before, I feel like every record has just been a better Buried Tomorrow album. It's just been a better, better metalcore record. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I felt like we could be inspired by that. You know, I listen to a lot of dance music, and I felt like we could we could pull from that. You know, bands like Thrice, bands like Corn. Bands like uh, American Football, but also musicians like Bjork and, you know, it's so much that we pulled from, you know, Mastodon, <laughs> the list goes on. But um, I feel like we could really be ourselves musically, regardless of the the term metalcore. Mm-hmm. So it felt really cool to be able to uh, just experiment and just be completely at peace with each other's writing styles and there was no conflict or, yeah, it was just a super fun, authentic time, I think, to answer your question. Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Is the plan like from this point forward to like have that more like collaborative process where you have people to like bounce your ideas off of? I think so. And when I say like collaborative, it's just essentially between the six of us. But um, yeah, I feel like we've we've kind of I feel like we've scratched the surface on what Berry Tomorrow can be now mm-hmm. because initially we were like, what could this be? Now we know what it can be and we know what it is. Obviously, we're not doing something completely different because we're still a metal band. We don't want to alienate our fan base, but we definitely want to make more fans. And we also want to keep ourselves happy. We don't want to mm-hmm. be, you know, bored of doing the same kind of formula. So it felt like, a, you know, this time was right to try new things. And now we know what works and what we enjoy about it. And we can carry that through to the next writing process. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so what song off this album took the longest to write? And which one is your personal favorite? Mm. oh goodness the um i feel like um i stayed awake for two days writing heretic um that that could be one of them Uh, i was so so sleep deprived but i felt like i was onto a winner the riff so the the verse riff the initial verse riff started at um ed's house i just went down to hang out for a few days and he lives by the beach it's a beautiful area so uh you know i live in the forest (laughs) he lives by the beach so yeah it was quite a nice contrast started with a riff there but then we took it into the studio and i remember it just plaguing me but i knew that there was something there that we needed to carry on with i mean so i'd say heretic abandoners as well was one that finished in the studio um and and that do you know something i think it was abandoners because the riff what I call the angry bee riff the angry wasp riff is the that riff um I've had that for so long. And I also had the um, the first breakdown riff for a while, for years. But um, I kept trying to put it in places and Dan was like, it doesn't work there, it doesn't work there, it doesn't work here. And then finally, I just changed the tuning a bit and just slide it in there. And it actually became a very popular part of the song after the consequential significance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Abandoners for the Longest, my personal favourite heretic, though. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Or Care, I don't know, Care was a, the very first one we started writing, even before Life and Death, and I'm really proud of how that came out too. So, yeah, maybe those two. All right. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on you staying up for two days straight working on a song. How did you not, month. like, drive yourself insane by just sleep oh, deprivation? It, it was mad. I pretty much just survived on there. <laughs> coffee and weed to be honest it was, uh, it was a pretty the two necessities the best combo right yeah i was just like right well i can't sleep because i'm so preoccupied by this idea so maybe i'll smoke now i'm not tired like i don't know it's just 
I just felt very in the moment, I guess. But yeah, I slept hard. Our producer, Dan Weller, was just like, go to bed. <laughs> He's yeah. like, you're done now. Go to bed. So yeah. yeah. But, you know, it felt like, you know, just when you're, you're a kid and you go to a sleepover with your pals and you're just determined to stay awake just to beat the sunlight. Whereas I was like, I need to beat this this uh, this almost blockade of, uh, of riffs. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we must overcome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to hear that with that sleep deprivation, you didn't like block yourself in. You didn't hit kind of like an unintentional writer's block because you're so tired. But I guess it's that energy and also the, the coffee and weed probably helped you stay a little motivated as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was just a really good vibe. But um, I felt that with the I had so many parts, it was just like a constant jigsaw. Just trying to feel like mm. which bit worked. I had to sack off a few until you know then write different variations of the the verse riffs so it could be the same formula but the riffs have to be a little different and mm -hmm. yeah i just i wrote in a very particular way this time um obviously just subjectively speaking it was like i say it was collaborative but um i wrote a little differently and I, yeah maybe it just the uh, the environment just kind of kept me awake to be honest and kept us all like motivated so maybe that's maybe that's why i stayed up <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> So had the track list for your album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, closer be a closer? Did you shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? This time, I pretty much knew in my head what... So when Ed Ed wrote The Seventh Son, the, the opening track, mm -hmm. and he also wrote The Carcass King, um, the only kind of bits we collaborated on is like, I wrote the solo in... Um, seventh son and a little riff at the start but all the main riffs and everything were Ed's and I heard that so I heard the seventh son was like that's the album opener 100% and he also sent Carcass King and I was like that is quite emotive and very different for Berry Tomorrow I'm like that's the closer and then you kind of just get a vibe like usually when there's a big anthemic kind of vibe that's always a track three for me it always has been I used to study records when I was a kid in the way that the album flowed. And for me, like, I always liked the bang, bang, one and two. And then three is like a bit of a single, a bit more of a, oh, rejoice. And then you can just go wherever with it. But I really wanted musically this record to to feel like one continuous piece or at least a, a story musically. And it felt that the Seven Sun was the opener with Abandoners, just the way that that starts, that was a, a very easy number two. And then, so yeah, Begin Again was that anthemic one, so number three. And then we had a really fast song in Force Divide. So like, that's got to be fourth because then it just kind of brings you out of the, the anthemic business. Bolt Cut is obviously very dark and industrial and the perfect time for that. We call it the, like, you know, the, the German song pretty much of the record. <laughs> they love that, like, Ramstein sort of vibe. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you get what I'm saying. I mean, it kind of ebbs and flows. With Majesty being a track seven, perfect moment for a bit of an interlude sort of vibe. So yeah, it just started to like piece itself together. Um, but before all the songs were written, I knew that it had to be in the order that it has been released. So yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, so, a bit different. Absolutely. Uh, so would you be able to tell us where Headspace is at while you were creating this record? Yeah, very positive. <laughs> very Yay. inspired. Yeah. Very motivated. Very, very content. Um, yeah, which is rare. Um, cause usually it's, um, it can always be a bit of a tedious process writing and recording, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, uh, we're very fortunate to do so, but it's not without its, uh, trials and tribulations. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt that like, I mean, speaking for myself, 
the most liberated I've ever felt writing a metal album, to be honest. Oh, awesome. Okay. So what is, what was different about this album that kind of had you more in an awesome headspace and, and just like, that? Um, I think a lot of it was the, the dynamic internally. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all just very, you know, very happy to be around each other. Um, very happy to be in a position where we can create music, very thankful, you know, for each other's place in the studio and just in, in our little lives in general, I think. I think we all just, um, especially coming out of COVID mm. in 2021 and getting back to touring very late 2021, it was just like, this was early 2022. So we started writing at the end of 21, early 22. So call it like six months out of lockdown. Yeah. It was pretty much just that renewed sense of freedom again, um, mm-hmm. which I think really came across in our writing process. And I'm glad it did because we could carry that through with us now. But there's always been, you know, we've always kind of done this band for the fans, um, but we felt that this time we were doing it for ourselves as well. And I, I really, um, I'm really proud of that and really grateful that that's the case. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends and dark with headphones on? Is the workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? Do you know something? I, <laughs> I actually think sh- listening to an album for the first time with your friends is the worst idea. I agree. Because <laughs> yeah. unless, you, unless you're going <laughs> to sit there in silence, mm-hmm. no one's going to truly listen to it. So bit of a fun, a fun story. When King 810 released their very first record, myself and I lived with three of my friends at the time, we invited loads of friends around, turned all the lights off in the garage, lit one candle. <laughs> we okay. all just boxed the garage and uh, we listened to the record in full, in the dark. So we had we couldn't see anything, we were just listening. Because you watch a horror film in the dark, you watch, um, you know, you watch a movie in the dark, so why not listen to a record and like, like listen to it, like truly? Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that and we absolutely loved it. We had a great time. Um, so if you're going to do that, for sure, yeah. Light some candles and do a Ouija board in the garage, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, listening to a record, I'd, I'd say like, go for a walk. Okay. You know, like go for a walk, put your headphones on, just enjoy the movement, enjoy the time and just let the record kind of do its thing. Um, I just want people to, to experience it, you know. It's not that we're doing something, oh, wow, it's an experience. But it's like, just experience the album for what it is. It's a piece of music we've laboured over for a long time. And if you're a fan of Berry Tomorrow, give it your attention. Because um, we live in a world now where everything's disposable, even music. You know, we don't really savour any moments anymore. We just look at it through a phone or we dispo- we swipe and, you know, we do whatever. But, like, be mindful when you're listening to music because the people who create it and you listen to it, that's the whole intention. So... Mm-hmm. I think just as a consumer myself, that's what I do with music. I like to cue up some playlists, go for a walk, or just do something mindful. Therefore, I'm mindful when I'm listening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, get outside, kids. Do some walking. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking love that. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Fun, heavy, metal, I okay. guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Perfect. That works. heavy metal. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so can you talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments uh, from the creation of the album? 
Um, it was fun to know that we, so with Black Flame and Cannibal, we were leaning on more electronics and soundscapes and ambience and so on. But live, obviously, we could never really facilitate that. Whereas this time we could lean on that a lot more. Excuse me. And I feel like we could, um, yeah, we could just play to our strengths a little more in regards to and be inspired by different instruments as opposed to just starting with a guitar and so on. Um, I really enjoy the um, the more, <laughs> and again, this is that Sepultura influence, but I really enjoy the additional percussion that we can utilise now. Like in Abandoners, there's a lot of Tom action going on, and I, I like that. It's like Slipknotty, Sepultura sort of vibe. So I enjoyed that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was challenging, or some of it actually was challenging, if I think about it now. Bloody hell, we just had, there were just a few moments that we were like completely on different pages on. So I think compromise is always challenging when you when each party is striving for the greater good or the common goal, which we were. Um, but sometimes you can be inspired for di by different things, and you subjectively want the best, but assume that your your idea is the best. You know what I mean? Right. Ego can get in the way, and you can just be like, "No, no, I'm right, I'm right." No, you're not. You think you're right. And I'm mm -hmm. talking from myself here. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you have to relinquish that element of control to a degree to um, to hear other people. But that is obviously what we should always do as, you know, compassionate human beings. But um, it's a struggle as a creative sometimes. But that's just part of it. You can either be a dickhead or just accept that um, everyone has their own opinion. And sometimes you have to just listen. Absolutely. For sure. On the head. <laughs> Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your <laughs> snack of choice? Holy shit. If I'm in America, then it's Ranch Pringles. Um, it's Ranch Pringles. <laughs> That's the most American thing ever. Voltage. They're the best. Either like a pizza Pringle or a, a Ranch Pringle with a kind of Mountain Dew voltage. That is it. And when we come to America, I can guarantee you that'll be that'll be it. So, yeah, I've got, like, two months before that becomes my reality for, like, five weeks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that if I'm in the UK, mm -hmm. then it's, say, uh, either a bottle of Lucasade, which is this. It's, like, some energy drink that we got over here. It pretty much tasted like sparkling water, but it's, you know, you probably hate it. Um, that, a uh, they call them whispers. It's, like, aerated chocolate and um, a, bag, a bag of paprika Walker's crisps. Okay. But yeah, so I, I gave you the, the familiar one for you guys and the more common one for me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you guys had know. like paprika as like a flavor over there. That's kind of crazy. What do you know? No, that's like unheard of. I have I mean, I, I cook, so I've used paprika, but I've never seen like paprika chips on the shelf before. Oh, shit. Yeah, if you go to Europe, they're everywhere. Like... <laughs> They're too, they're, I'm surprised they don't have paprika toothpaste. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, paprika toothpaste. That's a that's rank. Yeah, that's a no, sin, man. <laughs> they don't really, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did have that. Yeah. But, um, oh no, yeah. I uh, I could sit here and talk about snacks all day. That's pretty much my old regime. Hell yeah. <laughs> Snack lord, well, they call. We have a few more food related questions for you. So on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, Let's what go. dish would the band be and why? I'd say a deep dish, Chicago-style pizza mm. um, with a lot of cheese because that is essentially my... I'm thinking about it now. That's metalcore as a whole. You've got, like, a weighty base. You've mm. got that, you know, it's got a bit dense. It's a bit a bit hench, a bit, like, a bit strong. Um, <laughs> clean enough to last a while. 
you know, mm-hmm. you've got a bit of, bit of substance there. And then the cheese, because obviously we've got choruses uh, inspired by, you know, Spice Girls. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's the cheese. And then, yeah, you can just put on whatever toppings you want. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love it. <laughs> So for these last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you. Perfect. Perfect. So we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, Shit. what would your last meal be with the drink? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it's changed um, because I'm, yeah, I, I don't eat meat anymore, but I, I, I always used to say it'd just be a, like a smash sort of double patty cheeseburger with like fries and a... And a, uh, a coke or whatever. Whereas now, I'd actually say, um, oh, I mean, I, I love Japanese food. I think so. It'd have to be like some kind of mushroom, like bao bun situation with like a pumpkin katsu curry, um, and probably a lucasade. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get away from this fucking drink. <laughs> Followed me around thirty years. Um, yeah, I'd have to say that. Got some Japanese food, either that or a deep dish Chicago style pizza. <laughs> One of the two. And I'm both, man. <laughs> yeah, if I can, yeah, I'll definitely have both. Sounds with a McFlurry. <laughs> oh, right. McFlurry thrown in there too. Damn. All you're, right. I see you're I just see. you're jamming up the arteries, but there's no tomorrow, so you're all good, man. Oh yeah, well, I think exactly. I'm gonna die anyway. So like, yeah, let's go. Why not? Hell yeah. yeah. Ranch Pringles, throw it all in there. Hell yeah. Damn. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Angel Grove, um, if I could be a Power Ranger. Oh, okay. Power Rangers. Okay, okay, okay. Hell yeah. What uh, what color I mean, Power Ranger was your favorite? Uh, red. Red? Red. I should be sat in, I'm in my wife's office right now, but upstairs uh, where I just like write and everything I have. This used to be a Power Rangers fucking museum. I have, I collect so much Power Rangers shit. Um, awesome. So yeah, I'd say Angel Grove. The problem I'd have is the city would get destroyed. But if you, if either of you have watched Power Rangers, they they have a really great renovation and rebuilding scheme. Like <laughs> that shit gets flown straight back up just to get knocked down again. So it'd be noisy, but um, I'd have the helmet. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'd be all right. I'd say Angel right. Grove, either that or um, maybe South Park. Ooh. You know, like one of the one of the two. All right, that'd be awesome. South Park would be great. Mm. <laughs> so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? It changes all the time. Does black count? No. <laughs> okay, red. There you there go. There you go. Perfect. Because of the Power Ranger? I think so. I mean, I used to say blue all the time, but like I... Uh... Yeah, I, I do like red. I've got a red car. I've got loads of red trainers. All my black T-shirts pretty much have to have red in them. Like your shirt right now, Gloria. You know, it's uh, something about the black and red. It's, it's strong. So, yeah, it's a red. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great combo. Um, so, as Gloria... Actually, I take it back. I'm going to say blue right now because it's the color of our new record, which everybody should go out and buy. So, I'm going to say blue oh, is actually red. Perfect. Hell, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, yeah, just in general, um, thank you to all our fan base for you know keeping us going all these years, and um, I hope that the Seven Sun resonates with you. It's soon to be yours, so I hope that you all enjoy it when you can. And uh, yeah, um, we're going to be out in the United States from May the second until May the twentieth, 
uh, starting in LA and finishing in New York. So yeah, if there's a show near you, come out and see us. And yeah, we can't wait to just share this new phase of our band with everyone. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Snell has been Chris from Barry Tomorrow, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.